Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard. And I'm Courtney Brons. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. Well, fall is a great time to get out and enjoy foliage. And the cooler weather and pick pumpkins. Uh, what's your favorite fall activity? Well, I mean, fall means hunting season, so... Alright, probably saw that coming. <laughs> but sneezing and a runny nose can definitely damper all the fall fun for sure. So why the runny nose and the sneezing when fall comes around? So allergic rhinitis or hay fever is a condition that can really impede your enjoyment of these outdoor activities. So this is characterized typically by sneezing or sniffling, congestion, um, red itchy eyes, and just I guess feeling low-key miserable most of the time. Allergic rhinitis affects roughly 25 million Americans every year. So the culprit behind this is pollen, and that's just a byproduct of plants' reproductive systems that can cause an adverse immune response in some people. And because it's an airborne particulate, pollen can be difficult to avoid, especially if you like to spend a lot of time outside. That brings us to our topic today, which is goldenrod and ragweed. So which one's the culprit for allergies? Well, stay tuned. We'll talk about each plant first. Alright, so first up, ragweed. Uh, as it turns out, common ragweed is found in every state in the United States except for Alaska. And it's even found in most of Canada. While it is an introduced species in Hawaii, it's native to continental North America. And there's two varieties of the plant that are native to the eastern United States. So ragweeds are members of Asteraceae family and that family is composed of flowers like the daisies and sunflowers. Um, and you know this family because they have tiny flowers that kind of look like one big flower. Uh, the common ragweed can survive in a wide range of soil conditions and it loves to grow on roadsides and disturbed soil so if you've pushed around some dirt most likely ragweed will be one of the first ones to pop up. We've talked about this before but ragweed's alleliopathic which really means just that it produces chemicals that discourage the growth of other plants around it. So in other words chemical warfare um, doesn't like competition. Common ragweed is a highly branching plant with new branches forming at leaf nodes. It actually grows up to about seven feet tall and the leaves of the common ragweed are very deeply lobed or ragged looking, which is most likely the, the source of the common name. The thing is, this plant blends in well. It's not showy at all, it's not fragrant, and you barely notice it. And I can attest to that. I was just in the garden last week and saw it out there. I questioned whether it was ragweed or not. It was, but just goes to show that, you know, even people that are used to identifying plants sometimes even question whether the plant is ragweed. So some plants are pollinated by birds or insects, but um, ragweed's actually pollinated by the wind. So this means that the pollen blows around in the wind and you're more likely to breathe it in. And just one ragweed plant can produce over a billion grains of pollen, and these can travel up to 400 miles in the air. I think the last part there you just mentioned, 400 miles, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a really uh, long ways. Yeah, so 
you would think that somebody or, or a plant around here blowing this pollen around uh, that pollen could end up in New York City just as a for instance that's, that's crazy it's nice to think about a lot of animals will actually eat the seeds of ragweed plants as well um, just some examples are meadow voles brown-headed cowbirds um, dark-eyed juncos northern bobwhite quail purple finches um, woodpeckers and morning doves so now that we know a little bit about ragweed let's talk about goldenrod yeah so goldenrod it's just about anywhere you go and uh, you can probably notice it by the fluffy golden yellow flower spikes right um, right now it's really prevalent uh, you're probably even the edge of your backyard or uh, roadsides fields unmowed fields it's everywhere as it turns out there's a hundred species of this plant in the United States and it can be found in just about any soil so what are you looking for when you're trying to identify goldenrod well it's tall it's slim has just medium green foliage and during the spring and summer months it kind of blends in well with other weeds and plants but in the fall it gets that golden bloom it gets those golden blooms that you really see right now goldenrod has a really strong root system too for anchoring the plants and its rhizomes so these underground rhizomes are the main source of reproduction for the plant so it'll clone itself many times over um, through these rhizomes and that means that large patches of goldenrod can actually be all the same plant and it has many benefits for insects and wildlife so it hosts a number of Lepidoptera larvae species. The female moth will lay her eggs in the stem of the goldenrod plant, and once the larvae are hatched, they actually create a chemical which causes the plant to form a bulbous swelling or gall at the top of it. And then parasitic wasps will find the galls and lay their eggs inside the gall. The wasp larvae will feed on the Lepidoptera larvae, and then woodpeckers come along and eat both the larvae from the moth and the wasp. Yeah, so uh, you mentioned the galls, um, and ice fishermen already know this, but uh, if you take those and cut them apart, the worm's inside, and it makes great bait. Uh, so if you want to try ice fishing and you're looking for some bait, go out in the field, look for those galls, cut them open. you got those small worms inside that are great for ice fishing. So Yeah, and then the goldenrod's also an excellent source of nectar for many pollinators in the fall. There you go. Uh, so, what happens when uh, the material you have runs out and you're looking for new material to make rubber tires? Well, as it turns out, Thomas Edison and his friend Henry Ford, uh, they were experimenting with synthetic rubber to help compensate for wartime rubber shortages. But they were able to synthesize rubber from goldenrod which is crazy uh, and I did not know that before the show so that was our fun fact of the day alright so just to wrap up the show drum roll please which plant is the one that's actually the culprit of your allergies this time of the year it's ragweed it's ragweed uh, yeah it's the one that floats you know floats its pollen 400 miles away it's the one that you breathe in it's not the showier one it's not goldenrod so hopefully you learn something and hopefully you don't give goldenrod that bad rap it's the ragweed once you identify ragweed 
pull it out of your garden, out of your backyard, wherever you see it, get rid of it, but don't blame the goldenrod. All right, I think we do have a couple events just to wrap up the show. Yep, so the first one, it's not so much of an event, but the Pennsylvania Game Commission has several wildlife cameras where you can watch wildlife live throughout the state online. So a really cool one to check out right now is the elk cam. The camera is installed on Game Lands 311 in Elk County. This field's typically very active with elk, especially as the rut season heats up. So you can check out this camera at pgc.pa.gov and we'll also post a direct link on the Conservation Corner page. The second one is an event at Salt Springs State Park. It's this Sunday, September 12th at 1 p.m. and it's a medicinal herbal tea workshop. So Maddie Murray, an herbalist with over 30 years of experience, will share her knowledge of various herbs and their medicinal qualities and the workshop will include tasting of several teas and information on how to cultivate the herbs used to make the tea, and participants will also be given a sample of the herbs to take home. So the fee for this is $10 for the general public and $5 for members. Okay, well, I guess that does it for today's show. If you have any questions related to our shows, you can definitely call the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org, and you can find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows. You have been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. I'm Don Hibbert saying, enjoy the outdoors.